The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Bloomberg Audio Studios. Podcasts. Radio. News. Hey, Sarah here. One of the best things about working at Bloomberg is that we've got reporters everywhere. Today on The Big Take, we're bringing you a story from our colleagues in Hong Kong. I'm handing the mic over to my colleague, Janet Paskin, and we'll be back with you soon. Here's Janet. We are now two years into the war in Ukraine. And while both sides were running low on ammunition for a while, Russia seems to have solved that problem. Russia's not only relying on its own weapons. It's getting ammunition from elsewhere, from someone who has enough to spare and wants Russia to win this war. Now, United Nations countries aren't supposed to be selling arms to Russia, so no one wants to take the credit. But there are some pretty good clues about where all this ammunition might be coming from, starting with a letter that Russia sends in 2022, just six months after it invades Ukraine. We have Russia saying now is in time to deepen and enhance our cooperation for strategic purposes. Who is Russia writing to? North Korea. Now, Russia sends a letter like this every year to North Korea in celebration of Liberation Day, a holiday marking the end of Japan's rule over the Korean Peninsula. But my colleague John Herskovitz has been covering and watching North Korea for more than 20 years. And he says this letter was different. For one thing, it was broadcast on North Korean state TV. And then there's what the letter said, this call to deepen and enhance our cooperation for strategic purposes. And it's like, ah, it's, yeah, there's just a subtle change here. It, it seemed like, given the situation, it was a good time to take stock of what North Korea had and what Russia needed. So what does North Korea have that Russia needs? The answer is ammunition. Lots of it. I'm Janet Paskin, and this is The Big Take from Bloomberg News. Today on the show, how North Korea has become critical to Russia's military campaign in Ukraine and why that might be one of the most lucrative things North Korea has ever done. North Korea is one of the most isolated, cut-off countries in the world. And it's not like that letter from Russian President Vladimir Putin straight up says, please send us some ammunition, thank you very much. So I asked John, how do we even know for sure that North Korea is supplying Russia's military. And he said, for one thing, there are satellites that take pictures of North Korea. 
And images from those satellites do show shipments heading to Russia. There were about three or four ships which went regularly between Russia and North Korea. And then there are satellite images showing munitions dumps being filled with munitions. So these show the route from North Korea to Russia, across Russia, into munitions dumps by the border with Ukraine. On top of that, there was this warning from U.S. State Department spokesperson Ned Price. We have information that uh, despite the public denials that we've heard from the DPRK. DPRK is North Korea's official name, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Uh, The DPRK is covertly supplying Russia's war in Ukraine. Uh, with a significant number of artillery shells uh, uh, while obfuscating the real destination of these armed shipments uh, by trying to make it appear as though they're being sent to countries in the Middle East or uh, North Africa. According to estimates by the U.S. and South Korea, North Korea has sent ballistic missiles and more than 2 million rounds of 152-millimeter artillery shells. Those shells are basically huge bullets. They're some of the most heavily used munitions in the war in Ukraine. And with two million of them, Russia can fire up to tens of thousands a day. For that, Russia is willing to pay dearly. So for North Korea, there's a lot of money on the table. We don't know what the exact cost of North Korean artillery shells are, but it it may be worth uh, taking a look at something similar, the um, 155 millimeter shell, that's the NATO standard. Now, if you look at like some of these recent procurement contracts, these show that they're going for about uh, three to four thousand dollars each. So, if you do that uh, times two million, you're looking at uh, eight billion dollars. That's for normal, newly manufactured 155 millimeter artillery shells. North Korea has artillery shells that have been sitting around for decades. A lot of them are probably duds. What the actual value is, I don't know, but. I think they would probably have a value for billions of dollars. And even if, you know, whether it's $8 billion or $4 billion or $2 billion, that's a lot for North Korea. Exactly. The economy's estimated to be about $25 billion. So any any sort of help, if it's $8 billion, that's a third of the economy. It would be the biggest gain in North Korea's economy in Kim Jong-un's reign. Probably one of the biggest ever for North Korea. And the money is only part of it. After the break, how North Korea is really getting so much more. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Officially, both North Korea and Russia deny that there's any arms trade underway. But at the same time, they're not being very subtle. Russian military leaders are visiting Pyongyang, and North Korea is showing off its inventory. Kim Jong-un, 
took Russia's defense minister to an exhibition hall and showed him all of his latest weaponry. Missiles, anti-aircraft systems. This went out on state media. North Korea wasn't hiding anything. So between what North Korea is openly broadcasting, satellite images, and other military intelligence, the U.S. and its allies feel very confident that this arms transfer has happened. Um, John... Why does North Korea bother denying this to the world? uh, Because it's a violation of UN sanctions. I'm not sure what the reason is, but openly admitting to violating UN Security Council resolutions and sanctions is probably not a look that North Korea wants. But regardless of the denials from North Korea and from Russia, it's clear that this type of arrangement would be a win for Kim Jong-un. The war in Ukraine has opened opportunities for North Korea that have never been there before for economic assistance, the likes of which Kim Jong-un has never seen. John says that economic assistance could come in many forms. North Korea has so many needs, it's really difficult to say what it can be getting when it needs food, it needs fuel, it needs cash, it needs technology. It needs armaments. Kim Jong-un wants to put more satellites in orbit, so he needs Russian help for that. He wants to build a nuclear-powered submarine. He needs help for that. He may want to build coal power plants because his country is chronically short of electricity. He'll need Russian help for that. He may want to develop more powerful missiles. He'll need Russian help for that. He may want to buy more Hennessy cognac, and he may need Russian help for that. You just don't know what exactly it is. After decades of sanctions, North Korea is one of the poorest countries in the world. Famine and malnutrition are chronic. Anything that Kim Jong-un can deliver to improve overall quality of life is a big deal. One of the big things for him has been the construction of housing. Construction materials are some of the things that have been hit by sanctions, and North Korea has had trouble getting its hands on. The more materials he can get for building construction, the better it is for his economy, the more that he can show that he is providing. Besides those material gains, the arms deal with Russia also helps boost Kim's image among his own people. He's seen more as an international statesman. The more that um, he gets the visits from Russia, which has also precipitated more visits from China. This makes Kim look good at home, and with North Korea's allies abroad. And that has made him bolder. The most obvious thing, and what we've seen in state media, is that Kim has taken a more aggressive stance towards South Korea. Uh, Cut off economic cooperation, said peace reunification is impossible, remove the concept from the Constitution. He said he has the legal right to uh, annihilate South Korea. So we have that on one end. And we have North Korea re-emerging as a viable source for military supplies. Now, you have hot wars in Ukraine and Gaza and conflict in Yemen. And North Korea's weapons are passing a real-time test on the battlefield. Now that Russia is buying North Korean missiles, their newer missiles, it's kind of seal of approval that North Korean missiles are good enough. 
it could reopen the market for North Korea to try sales abroad again. There are still sanctions in place to prevent this kind of trade. But... Russia has defied UN sanctions. North Korea has tried to find ways to get around UN sanctions. Soviet friends, Iran, Yemen, Syria, the countries that were once customers for North Korea could go to Russia as a conduit for missiles. And Russia could be a friend for North Korea as it tries to go out in the world and find ways to get money. But becoming a global arms supplier would mean a trade-off for North Korea. It can sell weapons overseas, or it can rebuild its own stockpile. But it can't really do both. One thing to consider as well is that these stores of artillery that North Korea has had waiting for years are not as big as they once were. North Korea hasn't fought a war since 1953. They have thousands of artillery pieces which are positioned along the border to face off against South Korea. And the idea of an initial North Korean attack would be to rain down hundreds of thousands of shells onto South Korea, which will be much more difficult now that it's sending so many of its uh, shells to Russia. Right now, there are no signs that this arms trade between Russia and North Korea will end anytime soon. Earlier this year, the two countries' foreign ministers met in Moscow, and North Korea said that Putin has accepted Kim's invitation to visit Pyongyang soon. The closer these two get, the more the pressure mounts on Ukraine and its allies. Ukraine's supplies are dwindling. Europe has pledged a million artillery shells a year to Ukraine, but it's having trouble meeting that. So Ukraine is rationing ammunition, and its air defenses are also under pressure. The more missiles North Korea provides to Russia, the more air defenses Ukraine has to deploy to shoot down North Korean missiles, Russian missiles, drones. You know, these are not sophisticated weapons. They're not difference makers. But now with Ukraine stocks drying up, they could be. This is The Big Take from Bloomberg News. I'm Janet Paskin. This episode was produced by Yang Yang and Naomi Ng. Caitlin Kenny is our editor. It was mixed by Veronica Rodriguez and fact-checked by Tiffany Tsui. Blake Maples is our sound engineer. Our senior producers are Naomi Shavin and Jilda DeCarli. Elizabeth Ponsat provides editorial direction. Nicole Beamsterboer is our executive producer and Sage Bauman is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. Please follow and review The Big Take wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps new listeners find the show. We'll be back on Monday. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.